All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk, Michigan edition. Jeff here. Dan, how are you, sir? Good, buddy. Glad to be back. Good. Glad to have you back. We t- we took a little bit of a, a short week hiatus last week. It just schedules didn't match up, but we're here holiday. to give it up. Do- yeah, holiday. We're here to give a double episode, though. We'll go into a couple of different games here. One good, one bad, but there's what it is. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with where we left off. So Michigan's coming into the Rutgers game. They were favored, uh, I believe, by 10 or so points. Joe Milton comes in and doesn't impress, starts 5 at 12 for 89 yards, and it just, you know, they go behind, uh, I believe it was 17 nothing, 14 nothing, 7 nothing. It was uh, 17 nothing. It was 17 nothing. So they go behind 17 nothing, and Cade comes in. Uh, he obviously came in a few weeks back as well, and you know, this time he, he comes in and it's it's to stay. And he, he goes 27 to 36, 260 and four touchdowns in a come from behind overtime victory, uh, which took three overtimes, right? Yes, yeah, it did. Three, three overtimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, lo- lots to break down here. Obviously, Rutgers is, is not the Rutgers of old, but Michigan's not the Michigan of old either. I mean, they're this is a. You know, they they. Winning this game, they moved to two and three, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that, yeah they I were two. They yep, two and three. Yeah. So, gosh, I mean, the, the I guess the, let me start here. I was happy to see this was the first game that Michigan solidified one running back. We're gonna we're gonna have a quote unquote bell cow, and we're gonna hand it off, and we're gonna give one guy twenty plus carries. And it was uh, the guy that I've been calling for all year, Hassan Haskins. And Cornelius Johnson, who I've, who I've peeped on this pod a couple of times, I thought he needed to get more targets and be more involved in the passing game. He has a huge game, 5 of 105 for two, for, in two scores. But storyline of the game, obviously, is Joe Milton finally getting benched, like, for good. And uh, Cade comes in and, and dominates. What's your what was your initial reaction? We're, we're not even going to pretend pretending Penn State didn't happen at this point. Okay. What's your what's your feelings? Um, first off, let's just go back to the second half when Cade has tied it up, and now they're going back and forth. What is your initial feelings of this game at that point? Um, it felt, it, it, was, it gave me anxiety because we're. We're playing, uh, we're playing a back and forth with Rutgers, but it was nice to see that finally our offense was clicking, and I was taking my grain of salt with it because it is Rutgers, and they are, you're right, not the Rutgers of old, but uh, you obviously need, you should win this game if you're U of M. This should be not even close. Uh, but seeing the offense clicking, uh, uh, Cade, I have to say, is very decisive with his throws. Uh, that's why he doesn't get sacked as much, and that's why his his uh, his throws are m- most of the time on on target and w- timed correctly. Milton, for some reason, it seems like after the Minnesota game, uh, holds on to the ball for really long and gets sacked a lot. Uh, and then when he steps up into the pocket, he's stepping up too late, and it's not there anymore. Uh, so second half, I was on the edge of my seat because again, 
It's kind of felt like the 2010 game against Illinois when they had uh, Nate Shieldhaas and Denard Robinson and just firing touchdowns every time they touched the ball. Uh, but uh, W in this case was a W. So I was uh, it took a miss. It was a miss field going overtime or something like that to really yeah. keep the momentum up. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was finally nice to see it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I agree. I thought Cade's pocket presence and and what he was able to bring, it was just like, it was night and day difference. And I forget the word you used, but once Cade came in, then it seemed like literally everything started clicking. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the run game all of a sudden looked dominant. And, I mean, it was just, it was one of those things. And, again, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, this is Rutgers. I mean, this is at least the practice to get to get this moving. And it seemed promising. Um couple of people that we've talked about in the pod over the last couple of weeks. Nick Eubanks actually has a solid game, 5 of 43 and a touchdown. Eric All, who we were kind of uh, critical of, to be fair, and it's just been deserving. He actually had a mm-hmm. solid game. He had four catches for 27. Um, the one cool thing about about Caden Akamara is he, did, it, he wasn't in bed with any target. He was throwing it to anyone and anyone that was open. Um, obviously coming in and, like, I think it was the second throw of the game. He hits Cornelius Johnson for a very deep pass, 50-ish yarder, I think, 46-yarder, yep. whatever it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, my my overall perspective leaving this game is just like Michigan has a lot of work to do because they're having a back and forth with Rutgers. But at the same token, I think they found their quarterback. I think so. And, uh, you know, going uh, you know into the half, it's 17-7. Cade, you know, puts a, uh, the the Cornelius Johnson pass on the board, uh, and then right out of the get, they uh, they get Giles Jackson to take one of the house on the kickoff. Yeah. So that was that was a huge game changer right there. So the the team came to life uh, in a sense with with Cade, and uh, again, it's Rutgers. I'm not you know pretending I'm not thinking about the Penn State game yet. I'm just hoping that this translates to the next week and they can build off this and hopefully get some confidence. But uh, their defense, uh, which we can touch on here in a second, their defense is still absolutely, uh, I say it a lot, atrocious. Uh, They're just getting gashed uh, in the run game. Uh, In this game, they only gave up 105 on the ground. On 40 Um, carries. On 40 carries. But it just, it seemed like, when it was on crucial place, it would go right up to God. It's just what it felt like. Um, and then their secondary, I mean, they were getting torched, man. Like 381 in the air. And uh, it seemed just like every third or fourth pass, they're getting behind the corners. And, you know, we've been putting Don Brown on the on the hot seat all season, really after, after the, the Minnesota game. He's put – a laundry list of players in the NFL that are that have been really solid for U of M, so uh, it's just not working out uh, in 2020. Yeah, I mean to, to put things in perspective, you were saying how they were getting gashed. This is Rutgers we're talking about. They had a they had a receiver seven catches for 127, another receiver seven for 109 and a touchdown, another receiver eight for 84 and a touchdown, another receiver had a 25 yard. Uh, big play touchdown. It's like, holy cow. Yep. I just see 
again, I mean, I made the, the comment about Cade. He wasn't in bed with anybody. I mean, Rutgers, I mean, Noah Verdell, Verdell, Verdar, whatever you want to say his last name was. He had a huge day, 29 of 43, 381, three touchdowns. He did have one interception, but my goodness, he he looked like Tom Brady out there. <laughs> yeah, and even with even with Cade playing exceptionally well, uh, as a team, Michigan was uh, was averaging seven and a half yards per pass. Yeah, or complete or completion, and and Rutgers is averaging thirteen point one. So, uh, or excuse me, uh, eight point seven. But in the receiving, it was uh, thirteen yards a catch. But uh, it was uh, man. <laughs> it was very, uh, I don't know, it irked me a little bit, but they got the W. So, again, before even knowing about what happened in the Penn State game, I uh, I was able to I don't, sleep with my eyes closed that night. Yeah, so, I mean, something we've been trying to do for these games, I think we started two weeks ago with our last pod, but I want to do it. You know, we talked about doing this. Uh, let's talk about somebody that had a great day. Let's talk about somebody that had a really bad day and then um, maybe somebody that just uh, we need to see more from. Let's start with uh, let's start with good. Who? I mean, I think this one maybe be obvious, but who's your who's your pick of the good day? I think there's a. Like really pretty, pretty uh, playing playing the day. Three guys you can choose from. I am going to go to uh, Cornelius Johnson on this one uh, because. Uh, they needed they need a solid number one receiver to step up. Ronnie Bell is uh, a disappearing act a couple you know at times, but Cornelius Johnson stepped up this week um, and scored two touchdowns, and it really uh, again sparked the life in this offense. Yeah, I mean for for me it's between three as well, and if I wasn't taking, uh, in my opinion, the most deserving, I would either take Cornelius Johnson or Giles Jackson, who has a huge kickoff return. Uh, but I'm going to go Cade. I mean, he gets to play a little bit. He gets put back on the bench for Joe. He watches this team go down 17 nothing, and he uh, he gets called upon to come off the bench. And what more can you ask for? I mean, how often in a full game do we see somebody throw four touchdowns? It's pretty right. rare. It's pretty rare at Michigan. It doesn't happen often. I mean, um, I don't know who the last person to throw four was, but I don't know if – I mean, if Shea did it, he probably only did it once. I mean, it's not common, and he does it coming off the bench um, and ends, ends up leading Michigan to a win. But uh, for me, let's go ahead and go to uh, just need to see more from him. For me, it's Blake Corum. Not not enough. I mean, in this game, he goes uh, four carries for nine yards, and then he gets one catch for 11 yards. For, I don't know about you. I feel like he's in there a lot, like a ton. Yeah, yeah. And he just hasn't had that uh, that big game yet. They've used him in short yardage for for off tackle runs, and he's scored a few times. So I mean, I know a lot of people will be like, "Well, he's got some touchdowns in the year," but I mean, what impact play does he have? Mm-hmm. Truly, I mean, the first play of the of the season, we run a swing route to him, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, wow, right. okay, what what are we expecting this year?" And we just haven't seen. I don't know. Maybe it's how he's utilized. Maybe it's because this running back room is extremely crowded. I mean, in this game alone, Hassan gets 23 carries. Zach gets six. Roman Wilson takes a carry. Blake Corum takes four. And then Chris Evans takes a carry. But it's like, I don't know. For for as much as he's in there, I need to see more. 
No, I absolutely agree. Is there somebody that sticks out to you as somebody that uh, you need to see more from? Uh, it, again, it's between a few guys, uh, and I'm going to go to the defensive line. Um, it's, I mean, we're towards the the bitter half of this year, so uh, you only got two more games to show it. But uh, I'm going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to have to just pick one here. I'm going to go with Donovan Jeter. Yeah, and a little and a little bit of Carlo Kemp. The, those are our senior leaders on the D line, and uh, again, even though that they on the stat line here they held Rutgers uh, to probably the lowest rushing yardage the whole season. I, I if I had to guess, 105. I mean, Minnesota probably ran for more, maybe not, but that's probably our second best on the on the whole season. Uh, they just no one on that D line is just making any plays uh, when it matters. Um, there's a, I think the right after Michigan scored with Cade, uh, they got a they got a sack that was pretty huge, but uh, just very inconsistent. And uh, I'm just gonna have to go with with between those two. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the defensive line has probably been one of the. You know, it hasn't been talked about enough because obviously the secondary's been really bad, the offensive line's been bad, quarterback plays been bad, but truly the defensive line's been pretty bad too. I mean, lack of pressure. Um, giving up big long runs, lots of things. Um, let's talk about the ugly. Somebody that just had uh, a straight up bad day that uh, you feel like we need to call out. Uh, well, um, I think it's going to have to go to Quinn Nordine. Uh, 0 for 3 on the field goals. Uh, the dude, if I'm not mistaken, was literally the recruit that. Had Netflix and chill with Jim Harbaugh, yeah, and one of the highest rated kickers out of high school. And as a Michigan fan, and if you're an avid Big Ten football watcher or just a fan in general of the game, you know that he has been in and out with Jake Moody over the last couple seasons because of the inconsistency. Uh, Moody's normally in there for the under the forty yarder because he's more accurate. Nordine has a bigger leg, but he's really a, literally a hit or miss. Uh, but man, I mean, I think he's a senior now. Dude, oh, over three. Come on, man. <laughs> that's just that's nine points right there that could have made in the long run avoided you uh, from overtime or would have ended the game quicker. Yeah, it it's really a sad conversation that we're still having this about Quinn Nordine, honestly. Um, for for me. And this is hopefully the last time I say it. it's Joe Milton. Uh, you lost your you lost your job at this point. He was uh, abysmal in this game. Tr- truly, this is like the game that like he should have came out and solidified that his this is his job. I mean, it's Rutgers. What what other what other game are you gonna have? I mean, obviously his his game against Minnesota was was pretty good, and we were buzzing about him, but like. This should have been Minnesota times two. I mean, mm-hmm. you should have you should have put up 300 passing yards and a 70-ish yard rushing day. I mean, this should have been like the the absolute come out party where everyone's like, oh well, this is what Harbaugh's seen. Instead, four carries for negative 16. They're probably mostly sacks. Uh, his longest carry was two yards, so I'm guessing you know there was one carry in there, but the other ones were sacks. And then he goes five of 12 for 89 yards. I mean. He struggles to literally complete passes. Now, mind yep. you, 
There's a couple here that are chipped up and dropped, and I'm not just going to beat them up. But, you know, it, 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 it's ugly because it's ugly, and, and therefore you lost your job to to Cade. I mean, so between between Joe Milton and uh, Quinn Nordine, it, it just hasn't been good for <laughs> – for these uh, yeah. these guys that we just had such high hopes for at the begin at the beginning of their Michigan careers, we thought at this point they would be staples. You know what I mean? Yep. So pretty disappointing. Anything more to say on the forty eight forty two Michigan win? Nothing of like of huge significance. I will say this real quick before we go on this one. Uh, there was a play. I think it was a second and four, and Cade was in at the time, and. The pocket literally exploded on him, and he is running off his back foot, and he zips up all the Nick Eubanks. I'm glad you brought this it, play up. Catches it, and he gets the first down, and he ended up being like an eight-yard play. Yeah. I feel like if Joel Milton's in there, that's a huge sack. And uh, I, I hate to hate on the kid because I really was hoping, again, hoping he was going to be a, poised to be promised or be a promising player. Yeah. Excuse me. And uh, so I just think that play would have been a lot different if number five still in there. So it's been a couple weeks. I believe was Laurinaitis calling the game. Do you remember who was calling I this one? I, I believe, believe it. it. I, 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 I yes, it was because, because uh, Golick was doing the Penn State game. Yes. Okay, so so Laurinaitis was doing this game. Yep. Laurinaitis was, was calling this game. And after that play that you just referenced right there, okay, he literally said, I mean, Lauren Ice goes over them. He's like, that's it right there. He goes, that's an it play. You yep. just, sometimes you just have it. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that, that play right there is a great indicator. It's just like, not everybody makes that play or not everybody's able to make something out of nothing. You know, it's just uh, not for everyone, I guess. Moving right along. We got the... Penn State Nitty Lions, winless, visiting Michigan. They are winless no more. They pick up the W, twenty-seven to seventeen. They moved to one and five, drop Michigan to two and four. This one hurt. This one hurt bad. Uh, only because not that I expected us to win, but I didn't expect us to lose because of how bad Penn State's been this year and. They pretty much, uh, they did this thing called running it down your throat. <laughs> I yep. mean, that's what we just talked about a minute ago. Um, and to be fair, Michigan runs it down Penn State's throat. But, I mean, there's, there's some big factors here. Let's, let's go ahead and the first one. Cade McNamara gets his first start. He gets hurt somewhere in the first quarter or second quarter, somewhere in there. Ends up getting injured. Joe Milton comes back in. Uh, not very effective. Two carries for eight yards. One of three for 21 yards passing. Uh, nothing really happens while he's in there, and it's pretty much a dry spell. And Then Cade's able to come back in, but it's just not enough. Give, give, me, some, give me some thoughts on this one. Well, I uh, was not expecting to get shut down like we did. Uh, Penn State's defense has been abysmal all year. Um, They were literally giving up 30-plus points a game. 
36 to Indiana, 38 to Ohio State, understandable there, 35 to Maryland, 30 to Nebraska, 41 to Iowa. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. I I thought Kate McNamara probably, hopefully was going to make uh, uh, the next step or at least uh, translate or get that momentum going from the Rutgers game. Uh, he's playing banged up, so – they were saying that in during the game that the shoulder was might have been affecting him a little bit, but nonetheless, uh, their their defensive line was getting gashed in this game. Uh, two fifty four they give up, they they gave up. Uh, I don't think you've heard of two fifty four outside of Ohio State since uh, the Brady Hoke Richride years. I could be wrong, but uh, very, uh, very upsetting. Uh, Sean Clifford, uh, only 163, not horrible, uh, but he made timely plays, and one of his timely plays was like a 30-yard run on the ground. That's just why he has 73 yards to be added to a stat column, and uh, it was 29 yards, yep. Uh, so timely plays for Sean Clifford. Uh Ronnie Bell, only four for 40. He... He made a couple plays when they needed it, to, uh, like energized plays, emotional plays, but it wasn't enough. Uh, so other than their defense being absolutely sickening, uh, I'll have to say, I'll have to read this real quick. I, I saw this on the internet, and it was in one of the blogs or something like that. One of the beat writers said it. Um, so one of the lone bright spots uh, from this game was Hassan Haskins. Again, last in the Rutgers game, he was more of the featured back. In this one, they did more that uh, idiotic running back roulette a little bit here. So he rushed for 100 yards for the second straight week. However, yeah. Michigan's coaching staff couldn't get out of its own way. Again, after Haskins dominated on the ground, rushing for 65 yards and a touchdown on a drive, Haskins only received one carry on the next three Michigan possessions. They all resulted in the same thing, punts. This is absolutely inexcusable by the coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, again, we, Rutgers, for some reason, was a little bit different. I don't know what they're seeing. Obviously, the, the coaches were not. But what Jay Harbaugh, uh, Jim Harbaugh's son, the running backs coach, is seeing, uh, what's given him the idea that pulling a guy who literally leads you to a rushing touchdown then just decide to bench him or not bench him, but let him cool off and then do your change of pace backs, which again, you talked about want to see more Blake Corum. That is fine, but I think it's obviously got to be used at the right, uh, in the right moment. Yeah. I mean, this one, this, this game just doesn't make any sense. I mean, truly they run it. They ran it effective, 27 carries for 174 and two touchdowns. I mean, obviously, 60 of it came on one carry uh, from Hassan Haskins, but, I mean, they ran it effective. It's just, it it sucks that the passing game wasn't there. Obviously, probably a little bit of it's due to injury. Uh, and then a little bit of it's just because they, they just couldn't get it going. And, I mean, anybody that had any sort of receiving promise in the weeks prior – did nothing in this game. The leading receiver had 40 yards. That's Ronnie Bell. Just there's some fumbles in there. I mean, this is this was an all-around bad game. It just uh, I don't know. It's 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 disheartening. It's disappointing. 
nothing more than I can really say about it. I mean, you you get gassed for 50 carries, 254, and three touchdowns, but the, the worst of it was just watching Sean Clifford just like you had not alluded to, just absolutely dominating in the in the zone um, quarterback draw game. I mean, it was just like, and, and I think he had a big run. I think his 29-yard touchdown run yep, yep. came after his injury. He had like a a potential knee injury. He was on the sideline for a play or two. Yep. And, and uh, it comes back in like the next drive. It goes for a a rushing score. I'm just, it, gosh, gosh. I'm with you though. I mean, the the play selection, the play calling, especially when you're you're not sure about your quarterback situation. Feed Haskins. He takes 17 carries in this game. The week before he had 23. I mean, try to get him back over that 20 mark. And clearly it's effective when he's, when he's getting the carries, he's carrying the ball for over five yards a clip. I mean, Oh yeah. And when I, when I've seen in the part of the Rutgers game too, I think they needed to just take Chris Evans and make him their slot receiver or, Use him more at the receiver position. He yeah. seems to have more effectiveness when he's in space. That's his that's his MO. He's a quick uh, jitterbug. And when they try to run him up the gut, I don't I don't see anything that really works out for him. Uh, uh again, you gotta get your playmakers the ball here. So again, Ronnie Bell earlier forty for four or four for uh for forty here. And not huge. Not gaudy, but they were timely. They got to get him more of those uh, timely plays. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, he lights it up on the scoreboard last week. He only gave him the ball twice. Nick Eubanks lights up on the scoreboard last week. He gets one for six here. The uh, You got to make the big games matter, too. You can't just be the stat stuffers against the, the, the poorest defense. And, not, and who's to say? Penn State, again, they've given up. The 27, or excuse me, the, the 17 points to Michigan is literally the lowest they've had all year. They've spent 35 or more, really. Uh, and the one thing, too, uh, that Penn State really dominated on their offensive side was, again, like you mentioned, the zone read, the off-tackle stuff, the yeah. where, where the where the lineman has to make the decision to get the running back or cover the quarterback. They were getting eaten up on that all day long. Mike Golick, I think, made a, a comment about it. And uh, once that comment was made, once it was brought to light, it was just like play after play after play. And Sean Clifford, 163 only. But didn't have to do that when if you're getting five yards of carry. Why would you have to do anything else? Yeah. And if you go to the, the highlights of that game, every score that Penn State's got is a running back untouched. Untouched. Yeah, they they dominated time of possession, thirty six minutes to twenty three minutes. Uh, the rushing two fifty four to one seventy four. So even though Michigan had a big rushing day, I mean Penn State's was far and away better. And even though Penn State had a terrible passing day at one sixty three, it was better than Michigan's at one twelve. It's just like Michigan can't keep the chains moving. They're four of twelve on third down. It, goodness gracious. It's uh, it's just a lot. Penn State, 25 first downs. They were they're just absolutely gashing Michigan. That's the best way to describe it. I mean, no run defense at all. No defense to really speak of. The, uh, the pass defense was, I guess you could say, somewhat acceptable, only for the fact that 
Penn State didn't really want to pose that as a threat. So no, and and you know, uh, maybe it's slipping me, but is Ben Mason hurt? No, Ben Mason plays in this game. Okay, I've like literally hardly heard of him in the last two weeks. Have you? Yeah. No, he played in this game, but okay. yeah, not nothing of. I mean, he's not so utilized. Much- so much for like the big, you know, the gritty guy who talks smack on the field. I have not seen him. I mean, he's a he's a veteran on this team. Where's his senior leadership? I've been preaching leadership because this team, this this chemistry, the, the their body language. When one thing goes wrong, it's a snowball effect. When they score or when they have a big play, they start moving their heads. They're 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 jawing. They're getting back into it. This team get if they get beat on on a third and long or an emotional down play, it, it's it's bad news bears, man. They they cannot get out of their own way, and I I don't know. who knows what's going on in that locker room, but uh, they they got two weeks left to show some pride because uh, you're not be you're not playing for the for Indy now, and yeah. He, Maryland's two and two at the moment uh, because of their COVID issues uh, in previous weeks, but uh, Tagovola's brother, they're nothing to sneeze at, so they better get their heads on a swivel. I know they're no Michigan. I mean, everyone's playing banged up. I mean, it's no excuse. Everyone's playing banged up, so better bring it. So before we get into you know the coming weeks, let's uh, let's talk about the good. Who'd you see this week that uh, that stuck out as a good takeaway from uh, from the Penn State game? There's not a lot, but you know what? I have to. I just have to. I'm gonna have to go. Let's see, the easy one. I just have to go Haskins here. I I didn't. I don't think I choose him. I chose him in the last one. You I have to go Haskins here. Okay, I have to. I have to go with Haskins here because when 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 he's called, he answers. And yeah. Two touchdowns. 101 on the ground. Of course, that long run there, the 59-yarder. But you know what? He makes most of it. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually with you. Um, if I had to pick somebody else, you're, you're twisting my hand to kind of give you another one. You know, only because we downed him for last week. Jake Moody comes in and kicks, uh, goes one on one for field goals and two for two of extra points, uh, coming in for Quinn Nordeen. Uh, obviously, not a lot of not a lot of chances there to really to really talk about. But Hassan Haskins, um, he's been my dude all year. I've been preaching it all year. He gets back to back hundred yard games, and uh, this is he's had multiple runs of over forty yards this year. I think it's his third or fourth in this game. Uh, somebody that I think that Michigan should feed the ball to. I mean, he's he's clearly the everybody understands this. Even Harbaugh's getting it now that he's the best running back on the team. I don't know why it took so long. But now we need to make sure we're feeding him, especially in a game in which Cade goes 12 of 25 because he clearly has some sort of shoulder injury from the first half. So what about uh, something something you've seen that seemed promising, not quite there yet, something we need to build on? Um, promising, I just have to say, is Eric All. Uh, I don't know what it is with – Maybe it's a spiral that's coming out of Cade McNamara's hand, but Eric All has kind of turned it around the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, no, no real disastrous drops. No tip balls that lead to interceptions. I think Eric All, even though in this game he's only one for eight, 
Uh, Rutgers, he had a few passes uh, that he hauled in. So I think Eric All is showing the flashes of being the greatest school tight end or the, the greatest tight end in school history like they preached yeah. in the Minnesota game. Uh, so hopefully it's good signs for in the future. Yeah, that's that's a solid one. Um, for me, in this game, it was Chris Evans. Uh, doesn't do a whole lot, but in my, it's his best game yet, period. Um, he gets five touches and averages over eight yards a touch. I mean, for a running back, that's pretty solid. I'll take that all day. Um, it's not something that I want to see a ton of. I don't want to see a ton of Chris Evans. I want to see more of Haskins. But in the scat back role of something I've asked of, of Blake Corum, if they're going to use Chris Evans in that role, I'll take eight yards a clip. So mm-hmm. especially on five touches. And, and Blake himself takes uh, – Takes three touches in this game, I believe. Yeah, just three touches. And he goes nine yards a clip. So, I'll take it. Um, like to see more of it. I would have loved to see at least, gosh, it, if they complete one long ball in this game, they have a chance to probably make it 24-27. At that point, it's maybe a ball game. But it just never seemed close. It just seemed like it was always far out of the way. And So, yeah. And then what about uh, about the ugly this week? Uh, the ugly is uh, I'm going to go to the coaching staff. Uh, I'm going to uh, on on Jim Harbaugh. This team just again very hit or miss on when they feel energized. Jim Harbaugh, man, he's a fiery competitive guy. A lot of guys have been saying, or a lot of people have been saying that uh, he's he's lost his sizzle here over the last few seasons because of you know. People telling them, whoever's telling them to, to simmer down and not be so boisterous. But we we, we got to get the uh, that that pizzazz back. Uh, I you know like the music videos, the corny music videos. No matter how awful they are, uh, that Jim Harbaugh needs to make his appearance again. He died somewhere. Uh, you and I both know it, it was probably after in Columbus. Twenty six. That is probably where his his corpse is laying on the sideline, but. Um, you know what? If he leaves, if he stays, whatever, uh, it would not make the season, but it would sure give you tremendous momentum in the off season if something great can happen on December twelfth. So, uh, you you beat me to it. I am ninety nine percent positive. I don't have the stat in front of me. This was the first Michigan loss under Jim Harbaugh that wasn't that wasn't to Ohio State or or Michigan State at home. He, I mean, he's been here. This is year six, right? Year five. Yeah. This was his first loss at home to not Ohio State or Michigan State. It, it, and it's to a winless team. I know it's Penn State, and before the season, I actually picked Penn State to beat Michigan on the our preview. I think yep. you may have, you definitely called it a swing game. I don't remember if you called it a win or not, but um, you, you, you can't lose this game. We've said it all year. You, you just can't lose this game. And we continue to lose. We're at four losses now. Uh, let's go ahead and while, while we're talking about it, let's look ahead to next week at Maryland. And then the week after that's going to be Ohio State. So there's two games left. And then obviously um, the week of the Big Ten Championship, there's everybody slated to having an extra game. At this point, let's just talk about Maryland. Um, 
First, do you think that game happens? Rumor has it that Michigan is talking about shutting down because they've had a positive COVID test. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to sound uh, too harsh, but I mean, people, NFL, college, everyone has te- you know positive results from time to time. So I think if you can do it safely and it doesn't uh, hamper too many people or, or it doesn't hamper, like, you know, it doesn't get out of control, if you think, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I think it, I think it should happen. I mean, I, it's hard to say if it's if the officials will call it or not, but I as of right now, I don't see why it couldn't happen. I mean, I mean we've seen worse, and games happen. I mean, it took uh, the Wisconsin game to get canceled in the second week because 20-something of their players had it, and it took till I think, the, the 12th player to them to actually make it news. So, uh, who knows? Okay. So, if the game's played, obviously, you mentioned two of his younger brothers been balling out for them. This one's at Michigan, 3.30 on Saturday. What's your initial prediction? a loss uh i, I agree see, i agree i just don't i just don't see anything that can that's can tell me otherwise um maryland's defense is atrocious so the best bet the best outcome for michigan is to play like they did against Rutgers, just throw triple overtime something like that but i mean because they're they're giving up 4400 or excuse me 442 yards a game in total um I mean, Tagovola, he turns the ball over. He's got he's seven touchdowns, seven picks right now. So I would pick Michigan if they had a defensive line and they could create some sort of pressure. But if they can't generate any pressure, he's going to just sit in the pocket all day and pick them apart. They're, uh, they're uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It could, it could get ugly. I, it could be completely wrong. So far, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've been pretty spot on or at least close to my gut feeling, and my gut feeling is this is going to be at least a 14-point loss. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean Clifford had his way with Michigan. I don't think Sean Clifford's that good. He's not He's not an aerial assault guy. He's, I don't even know who to compare him to, but he's, I mean, if he was on Wisconsin, he would probably fit the mold. I mean, he is a little bit more mobile than a Wisconsin-type quarterback. That's why he did it a little on the ground with his legs, but yeah, he 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 has a ceiling on his passing. Uh, he's not asked to do a lot, um, and when he can run the ball, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I mean, no, I, that's basically what I was alluding to, and, and to his brother, um, he had a game just a couple weeks back before COVID all affected their team. I mean, he lit them up for like 300 yards and like 80 rushing yards. I mean, dude can play. Dude can yeah. flat out play. So Mich- Michigan's in trouble. Michigan's in big trouble. And if Cade is, if this is a lingering issue with his shoulder that he can't, I mean, Michigan's in a big, 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 uh, big hole, especially if they, if they don't feel like they want to run the ball. So, yeah. And it, again, it also depends on the game is on uh, Cade McNamara at quarterback. There's a shot that this again is a as a barn burner, uh, tit for tat all the way to the very end. The over under right now is 58, uh, so Vegas is just daring you to take it. And if Joe Milton's in there, 
And I mean, if he's going to get down 17 to nothing to Rutgers, not looking pretty, man. Yeah. Nope. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into, uh, let's go ahead and get into Ohio state a little bit. Um, Ohio state cancels their game. Ryan day has, uh, Test positive for COVID. They cancel their their game against Illinois. As of right now, they they have to play their next two games at Michigan State and home against Michigan in order to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Even though they're undefeated, winning their uh, the East right now. What's your what's your take? You think they you think they first of all do you think they're going to play both those games? Getting hard to say. I think they will. Um... And they're very winnable for Ohio State. It seems like this season, and Ohio State fans can agree with me on this, is their secondary, even though they have a lot of talent, Sean Wade, uh, all those guys, they're uh, they're kind of vulnerable on the back end. And uh, you can look at and watch their games, and Indiana kind of exposed them there probably the most. Uh, but I think they should play those games. I think they will play those games. Yeah. Um, Michigan, Michigan State. Is there any chance Michigan State pulls up another upset after knocking off Northwestern last week? Any chance? No, not a chance. Uh, I love Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Um, and I know they were ranking was probably their best in school history or for a long time. But, I mean, did we really I mean, really think Northwestern was that good? No. No. And Northwestern is as a program level like here michigan is right here michigan gets blown up by ohio state so northwestern would i i, I think michigan state is going to get uh creamed here if the, the game's on okay let's go ahead and move into uh before we get into final four talk if ohio state somehow does not play in the big 10 championship and they only play Zero or one more game. Okay. So they either end 4-0 and or 5-0. and Is that enough for you to put them in the college football playoffs? Well, ask, you got to ask yourself this. Are they one of the top four teams in the country? For me, it's a yes. Okay. Then, yeah. Because... So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. That's a great question. Yeah. Before the season... Were they a top four team? Absolutely. So why even why play the season? Why play it out? <laughs> I don't know. Why play it out? Because it's college football, and any given Saturday, something Absolutely. could potentially happen. Could. Yeah. Um, but I'll also say this, and I'll back Ohio State a little bit. You know me; I freaking hate them. Um, if Ohio State had a loss to Michigan State or Michigan or in the Big Ten championship game. I still think they're a top four team. Yeah. But the thing is, obviously, it, it, you got to look at who's five and six, right? So if you lose a game, see, this is where it gets very interesting with the, the committee because their job is to pick the, the top four teams. And there's been years where a team with one or two losses is on the bubble because, sure, they slipped up, but you give them a little lenient, you get a little uh, leniency with them. and. Yeah. Uh, with here with Ohio State, with how bad Michigan and Michigan State are playing right now and how just a crapshoot their year has been, if Ohio State loses to one of those teams, I think they should be out. Maybe that's contradicting what I'm saying. 
uh, about saying that they're in preseason if they finish five and zero, four and zero, whatever. But uh, you gotta have to respect what Cincinnati's doing. You gotta respect what uh, Florida, Texas, and Texas A&M are doing. And so, if, if Ohio State somehow loses one of those games, which they probably won't, uh, you have to look to a team that's undefeated, like Cincinnati is still, or a team who's played more of a schedule. Let's talk a little bit about our top four teams. First off, let's just go, let's just go in order. Who do you have at one? Bama. I did have uh, Bama. I did got, have. You got, Bama. you got no reason to take them out. Only because I think Notre Dame has played the best football. They have the best yeah. win. Okay, they potentially have the second best win. As far as if you're ranking, you know, your second win, who's that? I mean, they have, I mean, beating North Carolina, they've beaten Clemson. I'm forgetting somebody. They, I mean, they, I think they have three ranked wins already this year. I mean, Notre Dame has been shockingly good this year. I mean, I think everybody understands that Notre Dame over the last several years has had those things where they go undefeated and then all of a sudden they lose one late and they, you know, or they get into the playoffs and they get destroyed. But this Notre Dame team just seems different. They're physical. They control both sides of the line of scrimmage. Ian Book, I mean, he's playing great football. So if if he's not if it's if they're not one, they're two. Who do you have two? Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Okay, okay. Uh, who's three? Clemson. Clemson over Ohio State. Yeah. With with a loss right now. Yeah. I take Ohio State three, but then Clemson okay. four, only because okay. of the loss. But let me say this: in a couple of weeks, Clemson's going to play Notre Dame. Matter of fact, it might even be. No, I think it's in a couple of weeks. I think they have the week off or whatever, or they have they're on the road this week and then next week they're in their championship game, right? Yeah. Regardless, yeah, yeah. Regardless, they're going to play Notre Dame here in a couple of weeks on a neutral field, and I think they're going to beat them. And at that I think point, so. I mean, having not having Trevor Lawrence was was huge, obviously. Yeah. And then, I'm going to put them. Probably at three. Move Ohio State to two. Drop Notre Dame to four. Because I believe Clemson and Notre Dame both deserve to be in. And at that point, you can have a Clemson-Ohio State rematch. And then Alabama and, and Notre Dame. I don't I don't see A&M getting in. I don't think there's much they can do. They, they don't get to play Bama again. They got slaughtered by Bama. Okay? So, I mean, they're... Their their loss is questionably the best loss in the country outside of maybe Clemson, who's lost to Notre Dame. But they got slaughtered, where Clemson went on the road and they lost by three in overtime. I mean, I, I leave A and M out. Uh, Cincinnati, and we we've learned any great Power Five school with one loss is going to get in over those teams. They would need Notre Dame or Clemson to lose again. Are you like, yeah. some agreeance to that? Oh yeah, I mean, I I believe that Cincinnati has a program. I don't know, maybe it's debatable. I think they're a, pro, a, a program that's better than UCF by a little bit. So I feel like I think it's enough to give them to to sneeze a little bit. So again, probably not going to get in by any means, but 
if any of the team outside the top four right now gets in, it's probably going to be Florida. Or, I don't know. But again, it, with Notre Dame is the history of Brian Kelly is, is losing the big one. He's like Bob Stoops. He's going to get you to the promised land and then he's going to let you hang dry. So either the Notre Dame meltdown happens when they play Clemson again in the championship or they take the, Brian Kelly gets over that hill and then they face whoever, probably the Bama or whatever, or, you know, someone's going to be in there that's going to compete with them. But you're just that blowout loss is just hanging over like a rainy cloud. If this is going to happen, it's going to happen soon. If it's not, you know, kudos to Brian Kelly. I think the dude's a complete jo- uh, douche, but the dude, the dude can get his team at least uh, in the mentionables. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's doing something that Hardball can't do, and that's, you know, taking his team to the next level. And it seems like they're they're clicking. They're getting recruits. They're putting kids in the NFL, and they're putting solid kids in the NFL. So, well, uh, what else did we have? Is that, a, is that it? Is that, is that a wrap? Uh, I think so. I, uh, I mean, kind of we beat the dead horse about Harbaugh the last few episodes because of the coaching search, whatever. So a couple more weeks, we'll actually have probably some new juicy rumors to get to. Uh, I would like to say though, real quick is the new one that's been thrown around the webs right now is urban Meyer to the Texas Longhorns. So there's always been two teams that I thought would land urban. Michigan was never one. And I'll, but I'll, no. Put that on record. He ain't coming to Michigan. We've said this too many times in the pod, but there are still <laughs> idiots out there that are calling for this. I've always thought two jobs. USC and if Brian Kelly were to leave Notre Dame. Yeah. But with that being said, there are two additional jobs that I think he could also take and make elite today. Mm. Texas and Florida State. And uh, if he were to go to Texas, that's that's massive. As Matt. Yeah, Texas. Texas is, is. See, the thing is about Urban Meyer is he's a he's a winning coach wherever he goes. He's honestly probably one of the best coaches of all time, least top five, probably top yeah. four in my in my opinion. Yeah. The problem with Urban Meyer is when uh, it's usually if the going gets tough or there's some off the field issues, he leaves town. He even left town. In Ohio State, I thought when he first got hired into Columbus, I thought oh, this dude's going to be in here for a few years. He's going to create some violations, and it's going to end like Florida did. But it didn't. He kept winning and winning, but he had off the field whatever. And so halfway through his tenure, I'm like, man, this dude is never going to leave. Uh, if you are a USC or Texas I would want Urban Meyer there until he's dead. I don't want him to be here for five years and then boot. I want you to be here for, I want to give you a lifetime contract, John Gruden style, 10 years, 10 million, a hundred million, whatever it is. Yeah. Just, I want you here, man. And Texas is a very difficult place to go. You know, I thought Tom Herman out of the Buckeye coaching tree was going to be the next Urban Meyer. I did too. Because, I did too. And, Texas is is really difficult though because you got a million schools down there and some of the best talent comes from that state. Uh, but I think USC would be a really good spot for him if he goes to Florida State. There could be a, a potential where 
you could like recreate the the 1990s, early 2000s Miami Hurricanes down there. I think he could be a real. I mean, he loves getting those those kids that are very uh, controversial. The guys that have really terrible grades, yeah, don't really have a good good home life. He's like, I mean, Jimmy Johnson did the same thing with the the Hurricanes back then too. You get the the, the guys that are um, are you know sleeping on couches to stars in the NFL and obviously that comes with extra baggage we've seen it everywhere he's gone uh so I mean I've said enough man Urban Meyer who knows yeah Urban Meyer to Texas would be a home run home run hit and uh hell that might be huge for some teams that are trying to get Lincoln Riley because if Lincoln Riley all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I got competition, mm-hmm. he he might pack bags and leave, you know. Maybe yeah. he might maybe he might come to Michigan. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, that, that's <laughs> definitely not a name that I've heard thrown out for the Michigan job. Shockingly, no. And Lincoln Riley, you know, I was kind of skeptical because uh, he takes over a, a, a program again that's that was in relatively great hands and. I thought maybe he was going to be riding the coattails, kind of like how um, a lot of people say Les Miles did when uh, Nick Saban left LSU, and then he'd kind of fizzle out because the talent pool uh, was dwindling down. But he's he's kept the program uh, in somewhat good shape. So yeah, he's a uh, couple, couple of number one picks, couple of Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, and, but I mean, if he does leave, that, I mean, a, a Big Ten or an ACC could be a next landing spot. But I mean, look at Riley; I don't think he's going to be. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think that's a wrap. I think we I think we pretty much talked about everything we could. Um, we're a couple weeks away from Michigan Ohio State. We're excited to talk about that. Uh, I'm not excited to watch it, but I'm excited to talk about it. And uh, we'll see what this week brings us, and we'll go from there. Try to get back Absolutely. to 500. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you next time and go blue. Peace.